0: I will only say this once, so I'll say it quickly. Congratulations, Texas. You played very, very well, and you look very good going into the NCAA tournament. We've got some stuff to cover. Uh, Are we still in the tournament? Even with this loss, are we still good enough to get into the dance? And most importantly, no spring game? What in the Mickey Mouse mullet mess are we getting ourselves into here? You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. we got a lot to get into today. Like I said in the intro, hats off. Good job, Texas. Played very well. You know, it it kind of sucks, right? Because on one hand, it's like, Go represent the Big 12 well, because the Big 12 is that salty in basketball, and we should have several several teams in the Sweet 16 and beyond. Since they're leaving the Big 12, right? That, that almost feels like a, a self, self-induced self slide. But it is what it is. Uh, they're hot. We're not. Now, have we still done enough to get in the tournament? My answer is Yes not only because a friend for Shilla was talking about it extensively uh, in the game, how many times you heard that Oklahoma state is a tournament team after the bedlam W I tend to agree. You are seeing some prognostications out there stating that we would have needed to win multiple games in the big 12 tournament to get in the dance. I don't see that. Not only do you kind of, unfortunately have to take into consideration all the teams like your North Carolina's around us that also lost. It definitely means that we're we're in, in my opinion, right? But the beauty of that is we're in more on our merits than the losses by other teams. Yes, again, there were several teams that lost yesterday that benefit us. Several. Five, six, seven teams that lost that do benefit us. Okay, so there's that. But before that even happened, right, we were... In my opinion, in the tournament, the minute, the millisecond, the OU game was over. After we beat them three times, after we won that game in the Big 12 tournament, it does enough, in my opinion, to seal the fate regardless of the Texas game, which is why I said in a previous video, we're playing with house money. Beating OU was a necessity. Beating Texas Tech was a necessity, right? Those were must-win games. And you give hats off to Mike Boynton because he does catch a decent amount of flack because there are some people... Like myself, the right Gundy, because of the 18 years of times where he could have got us over the hump and, and by his own choosing, didn't do so. Mike Boynton is finding ways to adjust. It's not pretty. It was an ugly smash mouth, if you will, uh, W in Bedlam. We came out very aggressive, very hungry, very ready to compete, and it showed off uh, or showed out on the court. Texas game, we we hung in there. We played very uh, aggressively. But, you know, as we d- discussed before, when you get into foul trouble, it, it makes life difficult. And as we talked about with beating OU, we were so good defensively that they hovered around 25% from the field. So did we. But we out-uglied them and, and found a way to get the W, which is, at the end of the day, all that matters. Uh, Texas, obviously, is um, a, l- a little bit of a different animal, Right. We knew going into it, athletically, before Avery Anderson got hurt, they were the team in the Big 12 that could out-athlete us all the way across the board. So, you know, they're going to be tricky for anybody to face. But we were so good defensively against OU that our terrible 25%, 26% from the field and from the three-point line type of stuff was kind of covered up. You can't do that as much against top-quality competition, which... You know, that, that that does make the dance a little bit more difficult. Regardless of who we draw the first round, even if it's a play-in game, fine, bring it on. We're okay with that. But regardless, right, you got to find more ways to get scoring. This was maybe the worst or second worst shooting performance I've seen by us this year. It was dreadfully bad. Um, I'll be honest with you. It's a good thing, I think, that we punched our ticket against OU because if— The Texas game was any indication on, let's say it was a must-have, like we must do X, Y, and Z. It didn't happen. Again, we're good enough defensively that we held them to 60, which is only like the third time all season that's happened for them, maybe fourth. But we, historically this season, have done very well against uh, Texas defensively. They had the game in Austin where they got hot, and it forced us to shoot a lot more. But this was more like the first game in Stillwater against Texas, a game that we should have won. Um, but yeah, we we held them under 60 then, which is only the second time all season that it happened to them up to that point. So defensively, we've proven we can hang with anybody. When we have Avery Anderson on the floor defensively, we can hang with any and everybody all across the board in, in you know, whatever way you want to slice that that pie. And again, we've been hearing there's a decent shot that Avery Anderson makes it back for the dance. If we can win the first game, there's a high likelihood Avery Anderson makes it back, and we do miss him. And this is why, right? Are we if we get an eight-nine matchup, even you know, even a ten seed, should we win that game regardless of who we play? Yes. Is it going to be more difficult as 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 the you know the whole thing transpires? Of course. Which is why we're going to need Avery back because it, allow it allows us to do things defensively that we obviously cannot do right now. It takes us out of that need to play zone. and it, lets, it allows us to obviously play a little bit more aggressive man, which is what we're accustomed to. It's what we were doing when we got on that hot streak, winning four or five, six games in a row type thing. We need to get back to that. And we now see that the quarterback, both offensively and defensively of the team, was in fact Avery Anderson. So when we get Avery Anderson back, it's going to do an insane amount for not only the confidence, but the productivity, again, on defense. Because the stats, they, they, they sometimes don't lie. I mean, the stats were obviously deceptive in this last iteration of Bedlam because we played well so well defensively. But I don't care who you are, who you play. You could play the worst team in the field of 68. You could play the 70th-ranked team. If you shoot 16% from the three-point line, you ain't going to win. And then again, we're sticking to that trend of 25% from the field goal percentage uh, aspect of things. Kind of like Bedlam. That's that's not going to win you very many games. Like, even if you do creep up, right? 33% is what we shot from the field against Texas. That's partially what kept us in the game. Uh, defensively, we stayed in the game. But we missed crucial free throws, which has been a major problem. We've known that was most likely foul trouble and free throws were going to end up being our Achilles heel when it came to March Madness. Okay, we get that. We got some things to work on. We just needed to get there. We needed to be part of the conversation. We needed to be a part of March Madness. Just like you guys need to uh, try to be a part of FanDuel. Because, yes, it is the official sportsbook partner of the NBA and the NFL, amongst uh, several other things. But right now, you can get the No Sweat First Bet, which is something that we're doing to kind of help everybody out as we are a little past the midway point of the NBA season. Our No Sweat First Bet is going to give you up to $1,000 in bonus bets back. If your first bet does not win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app right now it is safe secure and super easy to use you can bet on literally almost everything for money lines points point spreads point scored, threes drained what player does what who scores on the next possession it, it makes it very interactive very fun plus you can also combine your bets for a, a much bigger chance at a larger payout with the same game parlay that's my favorite way to do it right pick uh, a few big spreads bet a quarter bet a dollar the likelihood of you winning is pretty small, yes, but if you do win, uh, it's massive amounts of return, and it makes it fun. If you want to see yourself engaged in several games, go bet a, a, a dime. Go bet 25 cents. And then all of a sudden, that pit uconn game that you didn't really think mattered, now it matters. It makes it a little bit more fun, and it gives you the opportunity to put some money in your pocket. So don't miss this chance to get your hands on this no sweat first bet. Again, it's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, go right now to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. Go there now to learn more because you need to make every moment matter more with FanDuel because it is the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. So now we've talked about Texas, a little bit of Avery Anderson. I like our chances getting into the dance. I'm not real worried about what seed we get. I don't want the 8-9 seed, which we may have played ourselves out of. Anyways, give me the 10 seed. Give me the 12 seed. Give me a play-in seed. I don't really give 13 hoots. Just want to get into the dance, right? Give ourselves some time to make some noise because we've got the ability to do so. Are the Ducks going to have to get lined up perfect for us to make a run? Yeah. A lot of luck is going to be required. But getting in and making some noise is really... That's the big ticket item here. And doing it with some Avery Anderson back in the mix, it's going to be massive for us. That does give us a chance to go deeper than just the first round. But now I want to talk about this spring game thing. I have seen, unfortunately, several polls on social media basically asking the fan base of, does this matter because some fans seem to be up in arms, and are we making a big deal about this? And it's a sign of the times, but it does still blow my mind to see the results. Like 67% or 63%, something like that, voted. No, it does not matter anymore. As opposed to, yes, I like it. It still matters. It's still relevant. If you think that the spring game is so irrelevant, you are completely out of touch with what is happening in the landscape of recruiting and marketing everything in, in, in today's society of football. You can no longer say that a conspiracy theory, theory is a conspiracy theory, right? That 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 water's been muddied. So can you say it's a conspiracy theory that maybe we don't want to have a spring game because we're hiding things? I No, no, I don't think so. But by not having it, you're allowing that conversation to take place you're allowing a, a, enough fuel for fodder. It's unnecessary. And the biggest hurdle here for me is the appearance of the lack of give-a-hoot. Stillwater High School is a very, very nice facility. It's literally within jogging distance of Boom Pickens Stadium, of the Sherman E. Smith Training Center, of the old Alley P. Reynolds Baseball Stadium. We could have done it there. Heck, you could have, you could have done it to, in the library lawn and just run some routes. Throw, throw some deep balls, right? Show some fans the route tree and the people running the route trees and the capabilities that they have. Show the fans the progression of Blaine Green from the tight end position back to more like a big body slot receiver type of dude. Show us that. Show us how deep we are at running back, because I think a lot of us know how deep we can be at running back right now. What we didn't have last year was was depth and talent. I think we have that this year, especially with some of the transfers like an Elijah Collins. But we don't get to see that. And then what makes me mad is to sit there and pretend that it doesn't matter is absolutely insane to me. How out of touch with the landscape of where things are. Is it as important as old school, you know, go grab your your, – literal lunch pail with your dad, go to spring, it'd be like a family picnic type of event. Okay, maybe those days are dying down a little bit. I can buy that. But to sit and say that not one new fan matters, not five new fans matter, not 50, it doesn't matter to me if it's it's one fan, five fans, 50 fans, 5,000 fans. Every opportunity you have to help grow the fan base is massively beneficial. And to say that it doesn't matter is ridiculous. I personally, me, you know, when I was in the oil field, I was blessed with a a job with a company credit card and fuel card and stuff where I could take clients to games and events, right? Right. And to take people that don't give 13 hoots about Oklahoma State or they didn't know they did or kind of fans, not real bought-in fans, to see those people go to the spring game and to see how things are operated, see the facility, see the upgrades, see the quarterbacks, see the wide receivers, see how deep the D-line could be, see the explosiveness we have out of our cornerbacks, see the coverage abilities of our linebackers, all of these things, They grow the fan base, whether it's one person, five people, or 5,000 people. It does. It works. You're taking one person, one kid, one student, one high school buddy, and you're converting them based off of what you're seeing, the product on the field. You want to see when people say our recruiting numbers suck. Okay, but the body-by-glass system is so good that typically you see a lot of production on the field from guys that you didn't expect to be productive. This is that opportunity to see some of those guys, and I'm not just talking about the upperclassmen that are trying to find and fight their way into the 2-D. I'm talking about, more importantly, for the underclassmen. This is an opportunity for them to get a lot of playing time, for their, their, their dads and their sisters and their brothers and their cousins and their buddies to come see them, maybe not obviously with the lights on, but with butts in the stands, with fans in the stands, butts in the seats, see how they react. See how their in-game knowledge has grown. See how their speed has grown. Have they gotten taller, quicker, stronger, faster? We want to know that stuff. We would love to see that stuff because it's all about building momentum. And what have we done this offseason? The exact opposite. We've taken any momentum you can have from arguably the worst year in Mike Gundy's tenure and just, we built no momentum. And so it, it leads to people talking crap on guys that we've brought in like an Alan Bowman. It leads people to talk crap on people we have coming back, like even a a Garrett Rangel. It allows narratives and conversations that should not exist to grow. So are we hiding anything? I don't buy that. Does it allow that conversation to go on? Yes. Does this make us look like a Boise State-level squad? Yeah, it does. It's a bad look. It's not good for recruits, not good for parents, it's not good for the backups, it's not good for the starters. It's not good for anybody but who. Who benefits from this? And again, the excuse that bothers me is, oh, the stadium's under construction. There is so much air, grass, and opportunity within walking distances, driving distances, busing distances that allow the fans to be much more included. You're going to do a little bitty meet and greet? Are you flipping fracking kidding me? And you expect that to grow things? And get everybody ready to rock and roll. Not only that, where does it let the players know they stand? Because sometimes it's come out of Gundy's mouth. How often have we heard from Mike Gundy himself that, you know, we that Brandon Whedon uh, wasn't somebody who was ready to compete in, you know, in games because of how bad he was at practice. We've heard that multiple times from Mike Gundy. That sometimes his evaluation from practice to game, it's different. It, sometimes it's not always right. So to have somebody like a C.J. Tate show up, show out, have big spring games, that's massive for him and his family and his high school and his coaches and his buddies and everybody. And we're going to do a little bitty meet and greet. Take all the questions and make them bigger. When everybody said at the end of the season, okay, Mike gunny is a genius to some level, right, or he wouldn't have got us this successful, he's got to make changes. He knows well enough that he's got to make some changes. Did that happen? No, it didn't. The only change we saw was a voluntary retirement and step down from our our defense coordinator. The only coordinator who really had a successful pulse on the staff last season that you could see on film made some adjustments that were very, very, very helpful. That guy's gone. We bring in Brian Nardo. It's a, it's on the same veins as the Mike Yurcich and Sean Gleason type of hire. Yes, it is, but the more you dig in, the more you find out, okay, this one actually is pretty good. This could be a diamond in the rough that Gundy found, especially knowing he's the guy responsible for helping get Lindell Johnson to transfer from Oklahoma State University to Emporia State, and he was a big-time get for Oklahoma State. He was a big-time athlete, had 91 tackles very early on at Oklahoma State, right, approaching that 100-tackle club. We know Brian Nardo is probably going to be – more of the Mike Yursich, less of the Sean Gleason, uh, diamond in the rough type of surprise hire. You got to take the good with the bad. That's a good one. Okay, good job. It appears as though, and we, well, we've already heard, we're reverting back to more of the old school style of system. So Mike Gunney is going to be very heavily involved in Casey Dunn's learning of, okay, this is what we used to do. Okay, cool with that as well. But we can't sit here and say, the man didn't put his back up against the wall and say, I'm gonna do it my way. Hold my bear and watch this, which is fine as long as the product is that good. If he pumps out, you know, 12, 11, 13 wins this season, we're competing to the very last week for the Big 12 title, or even play in the Big 12 title. Okay, cool. You proved everybody wrong. Maybe we should shut up more. But if not, you're doubling down on everybody. You're not, you're not really giving a whole lot of concrete evidence that there's a lot to be adjusted. You know how to adjust it. You know how to fix it, and you're willing to do so. Instead, we're in the dark, which is okay. This is where we come into play. There is a lot of things that will be coming out of, of this spring, so it'll be fun to kind of dissect all of that. And Again, uh, we I've taken some voting numbers, and the numbers are coming out. The first position we're going to do battle by battle is quarterback. And I will say this: I don't think it's going to be as, as clear cut as a lot of people think. We're going to go back and look at some of the Alan, Bill, Alan Bowman high school film, high school film from Garrett Rangel. Uh, obviously, Zane Flores, and we're going to continue to go down the list, even um, even to some of the other quarterbacks and their journeys to Oklahoma State and how they can be massively beneficial, guys. We've we've got a guy six foot five, two hundred twenty five, two hundred thirty pound backup quarterback. Could he not be somebody somebody that could replicate uh, Will Howard from K State? Yeah, comparable running ability, and he's an Oki. So that's somebody else. Again, we go deeper than just the the the, the guys who you think are going to start. It got it has to be important to discuss everybody involved, even the guys at the bottom of the depth chart, because again, your preparedness it, it's a direct correlation to what you're doing on the practice field, what your scout team is able to provide you, what your 3D looks like, how how much team speed are you adding, how much physicality are you adding. All of these things matter in spring, which is why I think it's very, very, very out of touch and nearsighted to not only not have the spring game, but to basically make it look like nobody tried to have the spring game, and then to give a bull honky excuse like, oh, yeah, um... They got hammers and saws and drills up there. Can't do it. It's like, makes it really hard when it feels like you're fighting for the betterment of something and the people who are directly involved with the betterment of that something are complacent at times, it appears. It just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It really doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Um, We'll get it figured out. As you can see, Technologically, we're we're, we're, we're trying to, to add some more growth, so stay tuned for that. We've got some big guests coming up. I've had to reschedule a few times, so I don't want to necessarily do a whole bunch of name dropping quite yet, but stay tuned. And here we are, talking about are we good enough to get in the tournament? I say yes. Are we good enough to make a run? Well, injuries are going to play a hand there, so we shall see. That is the question at hand. I think that's all we got for this one. The spring game is important. This is a loss. This will hurt. And 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 if some people again want to want to think otherwise, I just I don't get it. I don't see it. I don't understand how we can fix it. So now we get to dive into these battles, and they're going to mean even more now because you know the way that the, the the spring shakes out. You know, it's going to be a little bit more, apparently, closed doors. So it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be interesting. As always, I love you all. God bless. Go, Pokes. And thank you for joining Lockdown Oklahoma State to make this your first listen. All righty, y'all. See you around the turn here as we prepare for March Madness, spring football, position battles. We've got a lot coming in. Stay tuned for the 7-on-7 seven seven stuff as well. Here we go. There we go. I love it all. All righty, y'all.